Hey y'all, it's Jessica DeLindy Dykeman with The Courageous and Kind Project. We're featuring stories of women who are living out their God-given purpose through big and small moments of courage and kindness. At Courageous and Kind, we want to create a community of women who are courageous to overcome their fears and who are kind to one another and to themselves. We want to hear and share your story. Help us share God's love by sharing your courageous and kind story. This week on the Courageous and Kind podcast, you're going to get to meet a friend of mine, Angel Bentley. She is a military spouse and currently a stay-at-home mom. She lives in southern Georgia and getting ready to move back to San Diego. What's funny is Angel and I went to church together in San Diego. We both volunteered in ministry at the church. She was in children's ministry. I was in women's ministry. But it wasn't until we both moved to Georgia last year that we really got to know each other. And she so happened to move in um, on the military base and be the next door neighbor of a dear, dear friend of mine. And so we just have loved getting to know each other even more during this season of life and have really gotten to see God work in our lives and in our hearts. And so I can't wait for you to hear from Angel. One of the things that really stuck out to me when we chatted is that she wants to encourage women to look for God's joy even when it's tough. Regardless of our circumstances, whether we chose them or they chose us, we have the opportunity to choose God and to choose our attitude. And so I hope that you're encouraged to choose God in the midst of where you are right now as you listen to Angel's interview. What season of life are you in right now? It's so funny because when you say that, I think toddler season. <laughs> like, if anybody, any mama out there knows if they have, like, I have two toddlers. Um, my babies are 15 months apart. So any mama that has been in that situation knows that my pretty much my season, my I eat, sleep, and drink, trying to keep them going and, and not hurting each other and, <laughs> and keep them, you know, raising tiny humans, trying to make them kind people. That's a full-time job. So right now, in the toddler season. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and I would also say that um, I think for especially the women that haven't been moms yet and haven't experienced that, just don't realize um, – but really how important that is, you know, and the gravity and the weight of the responsibility, um, especially of that season of life. And so just to be able to hear, you know, as you just say, like, oh, I'm just staying at home and I'm raising toddlers. Well, turns out that's a ton of work. Yeah, I had no idea. Like, it, it is a lot of work. And I personally, I'm convinced that it is the most important job in the world. Like, it really is. Like, raising children is you know, that's our future. So yeah, that is a great way. And, and, you know, it's really neat. And you talked a little bit about being in military wives ministry and involved in things like that. Could you say that right now, raising your two kiddos, would you say that's your ministry of where you are right now in this season? Absolutely. So when I was in California, um, I was, I got pretty plugged into church and I was, I would say I was pretty busy. I, I was fruitful, but, um, when God planted us here, it was like, it was a complete halt. <laughs> like, we, everything stopped, 
And that was hard for me at first to just be still. But um, he's been putting it on my heart more and more that, you know, my children are my priority and that is my main ministry. And, um, and so I've been spending more time focusing on them. And that's been good. I've noticed a difference just spending more time with them in their behavior. They're, you know, they're a little more, they're calm and they're happier. They seem to have more joy. But I've just made that my main focus mm-hmm. and then um, kind of added a couple extra side ministries. But my main priority are, are raising my children. And, yeah, absolutely. That is so awesome to hear. And just a reminder of how, and really talking to, you know, the mom that is, looking at the next load of laundry, looking at the dishes in the sink, you know, doing all of that to encourage her that what you're doing, even in the mundane and the everyday life and task, like that matters. I mean, and at this point, you're really making a kingdom impact on your kids and their lives and really future generations to come. Absolutely. Yes. Well, good. Well, I know I would say that's what you're working on, too. So, I mean, that is awesome. And thanks for sharing that and giving us, um, you know, perspective. And, again, I'm sure those mamas that are watching that are excited and, you know, giving a fist bump and all of that because they understand um, just the work that's going on. So, you know, thank you so much for that. So my question for you is what comes to mind when you hear the words courageous and kind? Courageous and kind. Um, I think of someone because if we're talking about because we're thinking about women, right? Or yeah. just courageous? Yeah, okay. women specifically. Women. I think it's a woman that trusts God and still does good even when she faces resistance. Ooh, that's good. So, will you say that one more time? So, a woman that trusts God and still does good for God, even when she's facing resistance. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, I just, I love that idea because it's easy to be courageous and kind when things are easy, when things are going well, when, you know, everything's going your way. But when you hit that first challenge, I feel like that's when, um, our character of that courage or that kindness really starts to show. Absolutely. When we first moved here, everything that I enjoyed, like from California, was stripped away. I mean, I literally had to come here and start over. And I noticed that there were things that I were doing towards my husband or even my children. I just I wasn't giving them my best. And that was because everything I enjoyed had been stripped away. So God really showed me, like, Ooh, you might have some stuff you need to work out there because no matter what your circumstances are, I offer joy. So if it's not that joy, it's not coming from God, you know? And so I knew that I had to work on some things internally just, you know, from those circumstances changing and then my attitude changing. So, Well, and I love that you brought that up. If we're not careful, our attitude and really how we feel about God depends on our circumstances. And so there's so many times that we're just like, oh, I feel great because I feel blessed by the Lord and things are going well. And then maybe a disappointment comes up or a challenge. And in this case, a move, you know, and the things that you loved are no longer there. And so really reaching down um, to take a moment to say, God is who he says he is. 
You know, he's still good. And he is the source of my contentment, not the things that I have or the things that I do. And to me, that's really where our courage comes in, doesn't it? Absolutely, yes. I agree with you 100% on that one. And before I left California, someone, uh, Paula, you know Paula, (laughs) she gave me a verse to meditate on. And she did it in a card. So I read all these cards when I got here from everybody from California. And I spent a lot of time in Jeremiah 29. Like, I spent a whole week just reading that chapter. And he, God revealed to me something new every day that I read that. And one of the biggest things I took away from that was my plans are not to harm you. They're to help them prosper you. They're to help you prosper. And I just, that made me feel so good because then God started to show me, like, what his plan was for me while I was here. It it wasn't, like, shortly after that, I really developed... My husband had developed a love for this, for our new duty station mm-hmm. and like a deep love. And we're like, man, we just, we really connected as a family more here. We found a church family that we love that are like family. I read a really good book that helped change some of my perspectives on my faith um, by the pastor from our church and here. And I would have never had those opportunities if I wouldn't have, we haven't have made that move. Yeah, that is so true, and I just love that you took some time, you know, amidst the change to really slow down and kind of get back to the basics. And so going back to what does God say about this, what, you know, where can I find God in the new and the different and the change and really kind of in the uncomfortable and I just love that, that you, you know, you said, okay, what does God have to say about this? And then getting to a point where, you know, it's up to us on how we choose to react to our circumstances. And we don't always get to choose our circumstances, but I feel like we absolutely 100% get to choose our attitude and how we react to that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because our, I've heard several pastors refer to the way you act in this way. They say, um, you say you can't control the way you think or act or your attitude. And they're like, who is the most person, like, who do you admire? Who's like a famous person that you admire? They're like, okay, when you're, you know, getting on your husband or getting on your kids, if that person knocked on the door and you opened the door, would you be able to change your attitude? And I'm like, oh, you know, like it's, it's true. Like you, you know, you, you do have control of your, of your attitude and how you act and talk and treat people. So. Uh-huh. That's so true. That is such a good point. I, yeah, I really appreciate that. So as we talk a little bit about this, my next question is, what has been one of your most courageous moments? Okay, so um, one of my most courageous moments, I think the one that kind of really kicked off my walk in faith was when I moved out to California. And I packed up a little car, and with all I had, which wasn't much, and I left everything I'd ever known. And how that got started is I've always had the dream, I always had the dream to move to San Diego, California. I had the uh, opportunity to visit a couple times when I was younger, and I just, I loved the area. And um, I'd always talked about it. The surgeons I worked for were like, yeah, right. She's never going to make it out there. Because they'd be like, oh, you're moving to California. And so one day, um, well, I had had a pretty rough relationship history. I was in an unhealthy relationship. And 
I finally was like, no more. I'm living for God. And so I turned my life, I looked up and I was like, I give up. Like I turned my life back over to you. And so I did that and he started to unfold to me what he wanted me to do. And I was like, okay, I started to pray. I always wanted to go to California. I'm like, God can, is this what you want me to do? And I had $50 in my savings account and I wanted to move there like within three months. And I'm like, oh, there, like, there's no way possible. And so I started to pray. I was tithing. I was, um, I got baptized. And by the time I had scheduled to move, God had blessed me financially to where, well, let's back up a second. I'm sorry. That $50 in my savings account, I drove past, um, someone, it was a homeless mommy and her little kids. They were like toddlers. And God put it on my heart. He was like, go get the $50 out of your savings account. And you bless that mama. And I was like, God, that, that's my savings account for California. Like I can't, we can't mess with that. And I'm like, and he, I'm driving home and sure enough, he spoke to my heart, go get that money and get them some snacks. Go get them some snacks. (laughs) Really? So then I drove, got the money out, got some snacks, gave it to her and I, and I drove home and I was like, you know what? I don't know if California is ever going to happen. And then the next week, my car had issues with my car, had like a battery issue. I'm like, oh, this, this is not going to happen. Um, but by the time I moved, like it was time for me to move to California, I had $5,000 in my savings, all blessings from God. Wow. I had a place to stay. I had a family, um, a young girl and her husband. He was a Navy SEAL. He is a Navy SEAL. They're about to have their first baby. They're Aww. young. Uh, they are open for a roommate, and if we go fast forward, they're seriously like my family now. Like, they were That amazing. is so cool. They provided a job opportunity for a season while I was there. Uh, I had it lined up, and I had two amazing girlfriends that were ready to hop in the car and make the trip with me. So we made this trip to California and across country. It was an amazing experience. I did um, have some overwhelmingly, like, some doubt and fear come over me as we were making the road trip. Luckily, these girls are full of fun, and they were able to pull me out of it. <laughs> Literally driving into the unknown. Like, I had I had never met this family. I had I, I had no idea. Yeah. And, and I can tell you, through your doubt, like, pushing past your doubt to what God wants you to do, um, and pushing out of your comfort zone, oh my gosh, you grow so much, and I have been so blessed, and I have been able to experience things that I would have never been able to experience if I wouldn't have let go and let God, so. That is so cool, girl. I mean, just, and, and it's really neat to hear, like, you started with 50 bucks, God told you to give that money away, and then in return, through that faithfulness and your obedience, he just blessed you every step of the way, and he, and I mean, just even more than what you could, what you had to start with. Oh my gosh! He literally, like it says, light up your path, your footsteps. He lit up the way. He rolled a red carpet out. Like he, he <laughs> I mean, and like we had the road trip. Everything was just so smooth. That you know? is awesome. And so my husband and I, we had met, but um, I, I didn't know. Like I was a little, I didn't have trust in men. I was, I didn't. But my husband, he has a really good character and. He was in Japan. We were just talking. He was in Japan, but he was going to be coming back. He 
had a strong feeling he would be coming back to Camp Pendleton. So after I made that move, and I spent about, I think, seven months there, um, he came back, and we started dating and talking, like, had more, and he proposed, like, a couple months later, and he, I can honestly say, like, he's my perfect match, so. Oh, that's it, awesome. Because I could have chose to go along with my emotions or old habits, like, yeah. but because I literally put my faith into God and trusted him and made choices based on what he was putting in my heart, man. That is cool. That is so cool. That was such a courageous moment. I mean, that is so awesome. My next question for you is, what's one way that we can spread kindness? So I think putting people as a, uh, making people a priority. So people are more important than things. Um, Rather that be, I think a huge one is acknowledging people over everything else. Mm -hmm. So even something as simple as being in the store, you know, smiling at someone or opening the door or their little gestures, paying for someone's coffee. Or if you have neighbors, God talks a lot about your neighbors in the Bible. <laughs> you know, text in, check on them, see what they need, you know, make yourself um, make yourself available to bless people. I love that. Just acknowledge people. There are so many times where you can walk past somebody, not even pay attention, or the check you know, the cashier at checking out or whatever, but one of the good things about being back in the South is everybody's friendly, you know, and it has reminded me just to say hi at the gym. If you run into somebody at the water fountain, you know, or just acknowledge their presence. And that is such a great and easy way to share that kindness. So, ooh, I like that. Okay, remember, everybody, just say hi. Just wave. Yeah, I mean, take a smile. I mean, yeah. the reaction you get. I mean, if someone is super cranky, don't just smile anyway. Like, the, it'll... It'll rub off. Just keep smiling. But, no, from what I've noticed is people really, I mean, they light up. You know, a lot of people struggle with feeling unworthy or, like, nobody notices them. And um, just to acknowledge them is, is the first step. So Yeah, I love that. That is so cool. That's such a great reminder. Um, so what do you think a courageous and kind woman looks like? So that is someone who will choose God's will over her emotions and keep pushing past for God's will even though she's facing like that resistance like I said like even when she's facing trials and tribulations uh one way I like to put it is I text you one time um we were just facing a bunch of resistance I think all three of us were like man where's this resistance and I was running and the wind was about to blow me down it was like so hard I couldn't run and then I was like, you know what? This is making me a stronger runner. And I'm like, resistance makes you a stronger runner in the race of life. So, um, yeah, just push past that resistance and still serve God and do His will. I love that because in that resistance, um, endurance and perseverance comes out of that, right? And that is such a good point because we are totally, we're building character, and we're stronger for it. So I love that. Push past the resistance, lean into God, and we'll become stronger people. I mean, I, I do love that a lot. So my next question for you is, um, as we talk about a courageous and kind woman, who do you admire and why? 
So someone who has, I've never met personally, but someone who has uh, been someone I've admired as a mother, as becoming a mother into motherhood, is there's been times, um, because before I had kids, I would wake up every morning and I would do my quiet Bible time and I would even go to yoga after work and had all this time to like pray and then wake up and be with God. After children, that, that can be hard to find, to find time to fit it in. So I would wake up and I would just put Joyce Meyer on. And I absolutely love Joyce Meyer. And I think what I admire so much about her is Jesus in her. Um, her testimony is so amazing. She speaks a lot of truth. And um, you can see, like, she openly says, like, this is Jesus. Jesus has healed me, and this is all Jesus. This is all his product. So I think definitely Joyce Meyer. Uh, Chris always cracks up. I always watch her in the morning. I'm like, I want to go see her live. Like, love Joyce Meyer. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and I think we could all say, um, expect, I mean, knowing you well and, you know, my story as well, I'm like, I would be crazy if I didn't have Jesus. I mean, I have every reason to just be really nutty and kind of crazy, you know, throughout the different circumstances and things in my life. And I'm like, because of Jesus, I have joy. I have peace. There's forgiveness in my heart. I mean, that just does so much more than you could have even imagined. The healing, undivided heart, you know, mm-hmm. like, makes your heart whole. And, I mean, people, <clears throat> excuse me, people who knew me before I turned my life back over to God, they knew, like, I was always a kind-hearted person, but I just made the wrong choice in, like, every area. And so that led me into, like, just a bunch of dark pits. And um, so when they saw Jesus in me, I mean, I remember people coming up to me and be like, what? What's going on? Like, you you know, they noticed such a difference. And yeah. I even had people going to church because, you know, they're like, we want some of that. Like, let's go. And it's a real, it's not a temporary sense of happiness that, you know, you get when you buy a cute outfit or get your hair done. It's deep. It's like healing. It's rooted deep down in your soul. I love that you said that, Um, especially for those women that are two, like two different places. Like one, they just um, are new to believing in Jesus and learning about, you know, this faith and being a Christ follower. Um, you know, trying to get the hang of that and the Lord really, you know, I mean, just changing our hearts about different things and the way we see people and our reactions and, you know, giving us that peace and that joy. Um, and then those women that, you know, are just stuck and feel like they can't catch a break and, you know, keep battling that. But just to remember to, for both of us to have gone through, you know, such significant things and changes that it's, it's, so much better on the other side, especially when Jesus gets a hold of our heart and is working on really our character more than our performance or our possessions or anything that we have that he really cares about our heart. Absolutely. And I think another thing too is when I was like when I was living without God, I was living in the darkness and I look back now and I was doing things I didn't even realize that were inviting sin into my life, you know, like I just, I didn't know. And so, um, once I got filled with God and I felt better, you look back and you're like, yeah, this is what I was missing the whole time. But I just, I didn't know any better or I didn't, you know, sometimes certain religious experiences 
as a child kind of push you away from it. But once you know that, once you truly have a relationship with Jesus, you see how loving and merciful and how much he wants to help you clean up your, your, get you out of your pit and clean up all your you know, mess that you've made. So, yeah. And when we talk about mess for anybody that's listening in or watching, we're saying just like, just like self-harm or self-destructive habits that, you know, may not be that bad or what somebody would say like, oh, just overspending. Let's just charge it on the credit card, you know, or it's not going to hurt for me to eat some extra, five extra donuts this time or eat the box, you know, or who cares if I just watch this show that might be you know, inappropriate or, or just a little farther than what my heart and my eyes need to see. And so it's that little stuff that I don't think sometimes we realize that just start adding up and they just start taking off little notches in our heart. And so before we know it, we have given our heart away. Um, and it leaves us with that empty feeling. And I think that's what we can both relate to is, you know, being in life where as anybody outside looking in would say, hey, you have a great life. You know, you have everything's going well for you, um, but yet you still have that emptiness. And so I appreciate you talking a little bit about that and that emptiness and being able to have a relationship with Jesus Christ that um, and through the Holy Spirit that fills you up and and really starts to piece your heart back together and and give that to you that's in such a full and special way. Yes, ma'am. Okay, this is perfect. It just segues into what we were talking about. If you could go back to your teenage or twenty-year-old self, what advice would you give her? Oh my goodness. Uh... I would want my teenage self to know that she is so loved and that she doesn't need attention from, like, a boy. Because I fell into uh, relationships at a young age. So to know that she is so worthy and that if she, to honor her body, to honor her body and to seek God first because he has so much, such a good plan for her life. Um, so yeah, I just love that because I mean, as teenagers and especially even in our twenties and sometimes now, you know, round in the corner for that, that it's so easy to be so short sighted and to forget just how much we are loved and how we have value and that we are so guilty of cheapening that up sometimes. What people don't realize is like, that joy of knowing your identity, your true identity, like, I want my daughter to know her identity in Christ, because once she knows that, all of the outside and all that, that's, that's really not going to matter. Like, she's going to know how awesome she is, because God created her amazing, and fearless, and, you know, and courageous, mm -hmm. so I think that's so important for young girls, because... Um, especially because with me, like I didn't I had a I didn't really have a, a set father figure. I had my grandfather, but I was looking for you know that fatherly love, and really I just had to that song of Lauren Diggle, "Look Up Child." Uh -huh. Like that's all I needed to do. And so, but at such a young age, you your maturity level, you you don't understand that yet. So, just I feel like every woman, if they have small children or no small children children just need to speak that into their into their life yeah and I'd also say for anybody that's listening and maybe you're dealing with 
it just you're having a hard time believing that you are worth it, that you have value, you know, that maybe you're struggling with your body image or, I mean, just overcoming some challenge, I would definitely recommend to anybody, you know, if you're just wondering, like, well, how does she know that she is worth it? You know, where does it say that in the Bible? One of my favorite places to start is Psalm 139. And so talking about in this particular scripture, um, halfway through, I think, 14, 15, 16, it talks about that God has fearfully and wonderfully made us. And so I would tell anybody, you know, if you're trying to search that and you're like, well, how does she know this? Or, you know, what, what makes her confident of God's love? I would say you can even Google scripture on God's love. That is some of the best, or scripture, or what does God have to say about my body image? And that comes up with verses of just truth, because we at Courageous and Kind, we believe that um, the Bible is God-inspired, that it's truth, and that it's a timeless truth. And so that is where, really where we find our basis. And so to be able to go back to the Bible and read that God loved us so much, He sent His Son to pay the sacrifice um, for our sins that we should have been paying ourselves. And so just things like that, I would encourage women to do that Google search. What does God say about loving me? What does God's love say? There's a lot that the Bible has to say, and really that scripture is a game changer. Another good one is your identity in Christ, too. Yeah, that's great. And even if you, like, carry them with you or print them off or put them on your bathroom mirror and just start reading them, you know, and just so you, you know, you get to know who you really are instead of listening to what what the world says, you know. Yeah. I just love that. And that is so practical, too. And so what we'd say to someone, you know, listening is, hey, find a couple of verses that really resonate with you or resonate with your situation. And you can also go to the back of your Bible or to your Bible app and put in that Google feature, whether it is identity or worth or love, and find that scripture. And as Angel said, get some three-by-five cards, get a sticky note, put it in your vanity, slip it in your purse, put it in the car. You know, and so when those feelings or those thoughts of self doubt or worthlessness start to start to creep up pull that out and read it out loud and just remember that we are chosen children of God and that he loves us and we can love because of him and so pull that stuff out to remind yourself and I guarantee you I mean this is like promise made all 100% guarantee that that will change your life and one of my favorite things that God put on my heart was you cannot compare yourself to other people. Like, you, you can't because we're all set apart for different purposes. He has a, a specific purpose for everyone. And you can't compare a blender to a vacuum because they're set apart for different purposes. So I love that. He gave me that visual, and I love that. Um, the other day, I was in the dry cleaners. And I could tell that um, the lady bringing me up, she was just having kind of a, you know, just not the best day. And so I was talking to her, and we started talking about God. And I motivated her, and she inspired me. And I left there, and I thought, you know what? No one else had done that today. That was my purpose in that moment. And so 
if we could all tap into that, it would make a really big positive change in today's world. So That is so true. I love that. So my next question is going to be, if there's one thing, advice, wishes, skills, or talents that you could give all women, what would that be? Oh, that would be, we as women like to, to aim for perfection, but um, I have so many weaknesses, like sometimes I, I laugh, I'm kind of clumsy, my mom used to call me Miss Grace because I'm not graceful, <laughs> but um, that would be to be able to tap into God's strength, like let your, let your effort go and tap into God's strength, because once you do that, he... Literally, you can do so much with his strength that you can't do on your own. So, you know, kind of like sit back, take a back seat, and let God's strength fill you up and see where that takes you. Because <laughs> it's not it's easier said than done. <laughs> I love that. I, and I just love that visual, too, about, um, one, like, knowing that we have a purpose and that each woman's purpose is different in life and only us can fill our only me, only you, uh, you know, only we can fill our God-given unique purpose. And then in those moments that we feel weak, we rely on his strength um, to be what we're not and to help us do what we're not. And so that is great. I just love that. I mean, talk about empowered women in the world, you know, if we could get a hold of that. So my last question for you and something we want to ask everybody, what is your favorite Bible verse? Would you share that with us? Yes, and it's a pretty popular one. I love 2 Corinthians 12, 9. I am so thankful for that verse. I had it on a scripture ring card. I actually sent it with my husband. I snuck it in his suitcase. <laughs> but I, like, there's probably, like, breast milk on it and, like, stains on it. I would look at this thing, <laughs> and I would be so exhausted, like, literally hadn't slept in days. And I would just look at it, and it says, uh, my grace is sufficient for you so you can boast all the more gladly about your weaknesses um, my strength rests on you and that verse helped me do dishes helped me change diaper like when I had nothing left in me yeah. it really it empowered me and so it's a, it's a popular verse but it, it was my savior it's, it's my safe go-to verse so yeah I love that I love that and I love um as a, you know kind of going back to having that scripture card and needing to be reminded, you know, of God's strength because, you know, because you're a mama. Or, well, first of all, you're a wife. You're a mama, you know, and you have littles to take care of and a husband to tend to. And you're running on no sleep, you know, and just absolutely worn out. So to be able to, you know, find that, muster up that courage to, you know, continue to serve, I think says something really big right there. Before we end, I want to um, just take a moment and pray with you and thank God for this time. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Angel. I thank you for her heart and her desire for women to come to know you. Lord, I thank you for this season of life that she's in right now where she is faithfully serving her family, Lord, um, that she desires to lean on your strength. She desires to share your love through a smile and just through acknowledging the people that are around you. And I thank you so much that you have put her in this season for such a time as this uh, and that your love shines through her 
um, and through her family. So, Lord, continue to bless her. Bless her husband as they um, prepare for the next chapter of their military career. And we thank you so much for the sacrifice that they make in serving our country, Lord. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed Angel's interview just as much as I enjoyed getting to spend some time with her. Thank you again for tuning in on the Courageous and Kind podcast. We are so excited. We are also thrilled about the impact that we are making for God's kingdom and in the community of women who are courageously and kindly sharing their story. So don't forget, if you know somebody that you'd like to nominate, please check out the Courageous and Kind website. Thanks again for listening to the Courageous and Kind podcast. If you have a story you'd like to share or know someone who does, please visit courageousandkind.org. Be sure to check out the Courageous and Kind stories tab. Take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and like us on Instagram and Facebook at the Courageous and Kind Project. Thank you.